0: Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel one by one, and we will be free of spoilers of future episodes, but full spoilers for details from previous episodes. Also listeners, welcome to the Year of Our Common Era 2023. (laughs) Um, I'm Jason and Harrison, have I ever told you... But you're a very attractive
1: woman. Uh, <laughs> and I'm Harrison. And goodness, Grady, what a horny episode. Oh my god, this episode was like middle of the desert thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jason, tell me what episode we watched today.
0: We watched and we're going to discuss Carpe Noctum, uh, Latin for Seize the Night. And uh I, I think. I don't I don't know <laughs> Latin, I'm just kinda guessing. Makes sense. Um But uh this is the episode where we get um, you know, pretty much every supernatural series has at least one body swap episode. Mm-hmm. So here's one for uh here's one for Angel. Angel swaps bodies with an incredibly creepy old man uh who then proceeds to get Creepy around all of the horny women in Angel's <laughs> life. <laughs> Oof. And
1: uh, yeah, we got, and poor Fred, poor Fred just goes through the emotional <laughs> ringer. through it. She gets some catharsis though. Crepe mm-hmm. uh, Noctum, which does indeed mean Seize the Night, yeah. is the track, um, was written by Scott Murphy. Jason, this is the first writing credit for Scott Murphy, his first of two. Would you like to guess what his second writing credit is?
0: Oh, I not
1: I don't know. Provider.
0: <laughs> that episode that I truly hate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't I didn't necessarily hate this episode. I actually thought that um despite that it has all the tropes of okay. a classic body swap episode, um, most of it actually hits it hits pretty humorously. Yeah, I they they make the most of a very
1: thin of premise, a, a very a, of a very overdone premise. Yeah. The episode was directed by James A. Contner and it originally aired on October fifteenth, two thousand one. Jason, yeah, what are you drinking?
0: Hopefully the same thing that you are. Um, I I was the provider of the drinks today. Um, I a couple of months ago while I was at the liquor store, I picked up uh, a limited edition BrewDog uh, beer, uh, and it is a celebration of the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> this is called the Fellowship IPA, and I had one whilst I was watching the. Uh, the trilogy um a couple weeks ago on on Christmas
1: Eve, actually lovely uh
0: yeah well, uh here in Louisville, <laughs> it was like everything was covered in snow and ice, yep, so I actually stayed in my I had to work that I had to work like the Friday morning when all the snow and ice came down, but after that, I didn't leave my house again until uh like Christmas two days later, and nice. it was wonderful, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. It's great to be w- with your family this time of year, but oh my gosh, was that just wonderful to not have any plans except watch Lord of the Rings on Saturday? Yeah,
1: it was. It was. It was a little treacherous out there. We um, we stayed in that whole Friday, um, but we did have places to be on Saturday, um, and luckily by then, by Saturday, like the the roads had gotten pretty good. Like the interstate was completely cleared. Um, and we had some lovely time with family, but, but yeah, it was, we actually, <clears throat> we went to Thursday night, um, we decided to go for a walk around the neighborhood before it got like bitterly cold. Yeah. Um, because our neighborhood, as you know, is like gorgeous when it snows mm-hmm. and, uh, we really wanted to get out and like walk through it before the snow got all you know, messed up like while it was still like pristine. Yeah. And holy shit. It, it it was I mean it was beautiful, but like by the time we got back to the house, we literally just did one loop around the block. And by the time we got to the house our, our faces were like red and singing like my eyes were watering and then it was freezing on my face. It was gorgeous, but we were like, oh that was miserable, make hot chocolate.
0: Yeah. Um
1: Yeah, I like walking
0: in uh in thirty degree weather and even twenty degree weather, that doesn't bug me. But when you get into like the tens, Mm -hmm. the single digits, or in the case of Friday, the negative single digits, that is, I mean, all of our listeners who live in like Wisconsin and stuff are probably like, (laughs) amateurs, (laughs) (laughs) who's cold. Um, But anyway, um, I was happy to bring this beer because I am very appreciative of your friendship and fellowship. Ah cheers in my opinion.
1: Cheers. Well, oh wait, oh. we need a toast. You do need a toast. Oh, although that sounded like it, that yeah. was a great toast. Was, but oh, well, yeah, but um <laughs> you know, I I
0: also need to say that we are at the beginning of a new year mm-hmm. and uh as Harrison knows and as I believe I've talked about on the podcast before, I absolutely love new years, not just for like, you know, the whole like, oh, let's party the let's party the last hours of the year away, but I also love just the idea of time this being like a time of you know starting over giving yourself mm-hmm. a blank slate i mean even if it's just some arbitrary day on a calendar right it doesn't matter i i mean a lot of people do use it as a kind of like time to re-examine and set some goals for the next year and yeah. i think that's great when anybody does that i mean i know that we a lot of people don't really fit uh follow through with their resolutions but the fact that they even make them is i think it's good yeah i think it's a very good practice Um, so here's to the new year for all of you all. I hope that it is filled with successes in your goals and also just good times with the people
1: that you love. Cheers. Mm, That's nice. Yeah, it is a very good IPA. Yeah. Mm. So, um... Before we get into the plot plot, I wanted to kind of follow up on what we we were talking about in the intro of, like, the body swap. Mm -hmm. Because, as you know, talked about it before, specifically in Who Are You, I love a body swap. Like, body swap is, like, my second favorite, like, sci-fi slash fantasy trope after the time loop. Um, And I I think what I like about body swaps so much is that they can be... are successful at doing two things, oftentimes simultaneously. I think I know where you're going with this, but I'm going to let you finish. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the first is what we see in this episode is just comedy. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just, it opens the door for a lot of farce, a lot of, you know, uh, fish out of water stuff. But the second that this episode really isn't doing, um, and that's fine, it doesn't seem to be trying to, um, is like character exploration. And
0: the reason is because the body swap is not between two regular characters. Exactly. I knew knew that's where you were going.
1: Whereas, you know, in Who Are You, a body swap between Faith and Buffy is like deeply significant for Mm -hmm. both characters. Yes. Here, I mean, there's like, there's a little bit at the beginning where Angel, or Cordy's like, Angel, you're a grumpy old man, and then he literally becomes a grumpy old man, and it's like. Okay, it's honestly, a little bit of a rem- thin premise. But honestly, okay.
0: this reminds me of a Smallville episode that aired a couple months afterwards because uh-huh. it's like early episodes of Smallville where, um, uh, you know, Clark and Lana are volunteering at the retirement home and there's that one guy who, like, finds out that if he electrocutes himself and falls into a pool of kryptonite rocks, he becomes a young man again. It, uh, it, honestly, <laughs> it honestly felt a little more like that yeah. as opposed to um, a... Standard body swap. Yeah. So yeah, this this episode kind of goes for the comedy, and I don't know it it wasn't a bad episode. It was it, it's fine. It, it was I actually was <laughs> surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Yeah,
1: I was coming in totally prepared to give this episode a low score, and it's not gonna get a high one from me. But I I, I had a good time. Mm-hmm. I I enjoyed it. Yeah. I, like I think most of the comedy landed. Yeah. Uh, we open up in
0: the Hyperion, Woo! as we're wont to do. And uh, everybody's hanging out. I just want to note that Gun is playing a teal Game Boy Color. Uh-huh. The reason that that stuck out to me is because both my brother and I had Game Boy Colors as kids, and uh, he had the teal Game Boy Color. What color did you have? Purple. I had
1: the purple too. The purple was the best one. I
0: legit still have my purple Game Boy color. And even though I don't play any games on it because there's no backlight. Uh And uh, I remember I did try fairly recently, like I think early last year, um, to play play a Game Boy game on it. Because I found it, and I was like, yeah, I'm so excited to get to play my old Game Boy Color. The minute that I turned it on, I like needed to put it under a light. Uh-huh. Like, oh my gosh, how did I ever play this as a child? Yep. So I followed that up with buying a Game Boy Advance SP, which was the first one that had the built-in backlight. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, I found- changer. Oh, yeah. And uh, also, since it's a Game Boy Advance, I can play Game Boy, Game Boy yeah. Color, and Game Boy Advance games.
1: And uh, also...
0: You don't have to replace the batteries. That a rechargeable battery pack, too.
1: I recently found my old Game Boy Advance, just regular Advance, um, and it was the, like, it was, like, the purple, but that's, like, translucent. Yeah. So you could, like, see the chips and whatnot's mm-hmm. inside. I thought that was so fucking cool. I was, like, I was, like, my, I can see the science. My <laughs> brother
0: has, I don't know if he still has it, but he that was his OG Game Boy, like, the original brick Game
1: Boy <laughs> It had like the clip, the transparent case. Uh, oh, okay. hey, so, my brother had my older brother had the original, but it was like the gray, mm-hmm, one, the, like standard. the standard one. Mm-hmm. And it remember how those had the power button, also had a clip that made it impossible to take the game out while the game Game Boy was on. Yes. Why don't they still do that? <laughs> um. Anyway,
0: what game do you think Gun was playing? So, the silver cartridge really made me think that it could have been Pokemon Silver, but I actually don't know when Pokemon Silver came out. I think Pokemon
1: Silver was, like, 99? I'm looking it up right that... now. Because what? The red and blue were 97, right? 96,
0: 97. Um, yeah, you're right. 1999, November 21st. So All right. I... <laughs> it, it, the The cartridge was definitely... It didn't seem grey, it seemed a little mm-hmm. like fancier than grey, which makes me think that it was Pokemon Silver. Yeah. That might have been because that was one of the few games that my brother and I had between us mm-hmm. and so I see that and I think I see something that looks like it and I immediately think, Oh, that's it, it's gotta be Pokemon Silver.
1: Yeah. I, I'm as far as I'm concerned, that's Canon. Gun was playing Pokemon Silver and his starter was absolutely Cyndaquil. Or maybe Totodile. Yeah, he strikes me as a Totodile, man. Hmm. I think it would be a hard choice for him, though. I think he'd be like... I think he'd, I think he'd end up with Totodile, but Cyndaquil, I Fire-type would be, like, really appealing to him. But I think he would ultimately go with Totodile.
0: Totodile was my... He would uh, never go with Chikorita. No. Um, he's too macho for Chikorita. Yeah. Totodile was definitely my starter the first time I played Gold. Um, which surprised Mine me, too. because my fir- uh matt my brother always went with the fire starter so i knew he was going to take Cyndaquil and uh he took charmander in in pokemon mm-hmm. blue in pokemon red i was all about bulbasaur mm-hmm. loved him and uh so it actually surprised me that i didn't take Chikorita. i just saw I'm like i want him i really <laughs> want him um uh but yeah so the gang's just hanging out which cordelia kind of notices um uh, Or, excuse me, which Fred notices, Cordelia is wearing a fairly revealing top. Oh, yeah. Uh, (laughs) uh, More revealing than, like, anything that she wears
1: throughout the rest of the episode. Um, But not quite as revealing as what Lila wears while she's leaving Angel's office. We saw quite a bit more of her than we're used to seeing.
0: Um, and, uh, Fred is talking to, uh... Fred is talking to Cordelia, who's reading a fashion magazine. She's like, why do those women want to be so skinny? I mean, I was skinny, but that was just because I was, like, you know, a slave for five years
1: and didn't get a lot of food. She, like brings this up like four times throughout the episode in like it's, very darkly comic ways it's all she knows Harrison know, it's just so it's like my favorite is when she's like when she's blaming herself for just walking in she's like I should have knocked but I forgot because I, it's been five years without a door <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> Jesus Christ oh
0: and uh, but yeah and so Fred sees that everybody is just kind of hanging out and she says oh we're Or, I think uh, Cordelia kind of figures out that she wants to know what Angel's up to. And uh, she's like, oh, Angel, he's he's probably reading too. He's so deep and sophisticated. And then Angel comes out and says, like, there's a Charlton Heston double feature playing. So on brand. Yes. Uh, (laughs) If we want to talk about the the human being that completely encapsulates everything
1: about angry, grumpy old men... (laughs) Charlton Heston. Yep. Close runner up Glenn Eastwood. Um Yeah. I I do appreciate that this Charlton Heston double feature is not it's um Soylent Green and the Omega Man, which are like not necessarily the Charlton Heston films you might think would be like they're the, yeah. the, the, not, the, not, the not the most obvious choices, which I like that. I actually
0: true. I actually would have uh, swapped out Soylent Green with Planet of the Apes, because Planet See, of the Apes... That's an obvious It, it is, it is, but... but it's also so, the better but, movie. Yeah, but Soylent <laughs> Green is actually a terrible movie. Um, it Like, obviously, the big twist is now become, like, it's part of the pop culture lexicon. Yeah. Um, and literally the entire movie is about Charlton Heston's character slowly finding out that twist and then he just kind of finds it out at the end and that's it It'd Like e- even if I didn't know that twist and mm-hmm. found it out at the end I feel like it would have barely landed yes. it's nowhere near the twist at the end of Planet of the Apes um, I haven't seen the Omega Men I haven't either um, but uh, you know it, that, that seemed to be the one that Fred really clung on to mm-hmm. Uh, so nobody really wants to go see these Charlton Heston movies, which again, fairly on brand. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but, but Fred just wants to spend time with Angel. And, uh, so the thing I love about this episode is that it kind of made me realize whatever you tell Amy Acker that she needs to be in an episode, she can be that. Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, her range is... And if only you guys knew how much her range comes into play, especially in later seasons. Yeah. Spoiler alert, she's in later seasons. Well, (laughs) the thing
1: is with her, yes, like, her range on this show is incredible. But going even outside of that, like, I'm thinking of her role in... um, Person of Interest. Person of Interest, which is so different than anything she plays on... This show, she's like, she's like, she's like this kind of sociopathic, but still kind of heroic assassin, who's always got something flirty to say to Sarah Shahi's character. And I'm like, yes, ladies. Also, um, also she just like kills it in Dollhouse too. So good in Dollhouse, which is another show that, um, for most of the actors on that show get to... yeah, that is that, dogs, that is that is flex your like. range. Um, she was the absolute best part of that terrible X Men TV series that I, um, The Gifted that I literally only watched because she was in it. And when it got canceled after the second season, I was like, oh, thank God, I completely forgot that existed. It was bad. <laughs> it, it got some points for me for for including like, um. Some of the, like, lesser-known mutants who don't get, like, movie screen time. Mm-hmm. And, like, like Polaris was one of the main characters. I thought she was pretty cool. And Blink. I love Blink because I was really excited that she had, like, a major role in the show. Which I don't... Sorry sorry to get us off track, and I'll, I'll I will get us back in a second. But I don't understand why Blink is not used more in the movies. Her powers are inherently cinematic. There are like, there are quite a few X Men that fall into that category. Like I, the way they use her in Days of Future Past at the beginning is like cool. I'm like, anyway, <laughs> I get that there are a lot of X Men, so you can't use all of them. You never but. know what
0: the MCU is going to be doing with X Men now that they've got a hold of
1: them. Oh, I I just want a teen comedy. Like easy or super bad or something like that. But they're set at the X mansion. I could see that happening on Disney+. Plus. I think that would be fun. Like, do go a little weird with it. I anyway. could
0: see that happening on Disney+, and I can also see the Gen X uh, man babies crying about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> now I want it even more! But yeah, but uh, Fred wants to go with Angel. Uh, she just wants to spend time with him, and she thinks that it is a date. Aww. um, Fred, I've been there. Uh, elsewhere, we get an incredibly, like, just ripped man. Jacked. Yes, having a threesome. Uh, He just, uh, he apparently just came for the third time. Uh, Because he does say, like, who's ready for round four. Yeah. And And they're they're not. not. (laughs) (laughs) He wasn't ready for round four. Um, But, uh, yeah, so he, um, yeah he gets out of bed, has a martini. this guy's obsessed with martinis. Mm-hmm. sort of same. I love martini. <laughs> yeah, I love a good martini. Uh, and he looks in the mirror and realizes that uh, that time has run out, uh, even though he really wants to go for round four. Uh, but yeah he's like, well, it's nice while it lasted ladies. I love being young. And then he says a spell. And just this light leaves his body, and then you get a very, like, yucky, plastic-looking husk falling to the ground. Maybe latex-looking husk. Yeah.
1: Have you ever seen the Scary Movie, the first one? It's been a really long time. So there's the scene where Anna Ferris and uh, the boyfriend um, are having sex for the first time, and he's so back to up we'll say that when he ejaculates it's like a geyser that shoots her up to the ceiling. It's pretty disgusting but he like there's a great effect of his body like shriveling up <laughs> that like made me that's what I thought yes, of. Yes because
0: <laughs> because men are like our innards are 98% semen. <laughs> Young down full of cows. Uh, <laughs> I've never heard
1: I can't take Um, credit for it it was uh, someone I can't remember who said it but it was a line on from uh, what we do in the shadows sounds like something Laszlo would probably say (laughs) oh
0: gosh oh what is the state that he always mispronounces Um, Montagna or something like that yes I
1: think so oh my gosh
0: um, so, Fred just can't stop gushing. <laughs> Maybe a poor choice of words.
1: <laughs>
0: Fred can't stop spilling the tea about uh, how, uh, to Wes about how much she enjoyed her date with Angel. Yeah. And Wes is just trying to keep up because she keeps going back and forth between describing what a gentleman Angel was and whatever Charlton Heston does in the Omega Man, <laughs> yeah. Um, and Cordelia sees Angel just sitting there reading the newspaper, and she's like, "Oh, you need to have a talk with Fred because she thinks that she went on a date, but it was just a movie." She's, like, "Yep, she does know that now." Like, I mean, she's got the puppy dog love, mm-hmm. and yeah, that is the best way to describe it. Um, it it very much is a, uh, you know strong handsome man come and save me like yeah this is like the logical progression from that he
1: was her literal knight yeah and uh and
0: she uh you know cordelia says like i mean who can blame her like you're you're handsome she like just keeps going on about like you know great things about him which makes angel get like a little bit of a big head but then cordelia immediately veers into the whole like you know but then there's the whole thing about you turning evil and you're basically a eunuch and he says what (laughs) and and she says that it is a figure of speech it is not a figure of speech i wrote that down in my notes eunuch is not a figure of speech very specific word yes and angel says find a better one
1: Uh, I agree with Angel.
0: <laughs> and I lo- but I do love that Angel is like, you know, that's a, that's really, it's really important that, that uh, she hears this. So when it holds up, it moves his paper back up in front of says. So whenever you get around to telling
1: her. <laughs> oh my god, Angel!
0: <laughs> oh man, David Boreanaz gets to practice uh, his comedy chops in this like a lot more than he normally does. I mean, yeah, I feel that Angel. They do take the opportunity to give Angel some funny stuff to work with, but this episode's kind of almost all comedy. Yeah. And uh, and I like that, and obviously after the body swap, you get even more just ridiculousness from David. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, and the reason that I brought up Amy Acker's range in the first place was she's been several things already in the character of Fred, um, and she's been it all very well. There's been, you know, the girl who's been captive for five years um the girl who's afraid to come out of her shell who's dealing with a lot of ptsd Mm -hmm. and now she is the girl who is extremely enamored with angel and every time she's had to wear a different hat she does it extremely well
1: yeah and she makes it all mesh Mm-hmm. Like, I don't feel like Fred is swinging wildly from from different personalities. It all tracks with what we've seen of her yeah. so far. And I'm, I mean, we should just shout out Amy and the writers for creating such a fully realized character in, what, eight episodes she's been in? Seven, because she was only, there's like three episodes in Pylea. Yeah.
0: And this is episode four. Yeah, seven. So. Because she's, she's in. She's mentioned in. She's. The, in the episode right before yeah, they go to pilot. Yeah,
1: and we see her in the vision, but yeah, yeah. she's she's not really in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so, I mean I mean, and it's similar I feel like to what they did with Doyle, who also is, was in like nine episodes yeah. and felt like a really really
0: well-realized character. So, uh, Angel does go into the office where Fred is still talking to Gunn or excuse me. To Wesley, wow! Oh no, I've caught it from you. <laughs> Fred is still talking to Wesley, and uh, Angel's about to uh, try talking to Fred, but then decide, but then like chickens out, and immediately goes to West. Says, "Oh, have you seen this? You seen this? Like this guy who basically just like melted? <laughs> yeah, all of his insides are just gone." And West does say, "Oh, I saw something similar to that as well." And so, all of a sudden, Angel's completely invested in, hey, let's let's do this. Let's figure out what's going on. And uh, Wes uh, says that the men who have died have all been in the same health club. <laughs> so, uh, Angel and Cordelia are going to go to the health club, and Wes and Gunn, they have other leads, and they say, in a very kind of sad but also funny um scene, they're like, alright, everybody know what they're doing, and so they all like leave and Fred's just kind of standing there Aww. looking around and uh she's got this like sweet innocent smile on her face, but at the same time you can also tell again, Amy's just great. She you can tell that she's sad, but she's like just okay, I'll just
1: uh <laughs> I'll stay here. Uh someone they need to like because she doesn't really have an established role yet. Someone yeah. needs to sit her down and be like, what do you want to do, Fred? Um,
0: which well, is interesting
1: because it kind of feels like everyone, everyone is so nice to Fred, but they I, haven't figured out exactly how I, to incorporate well, her into things. I don't think that that's a
0: priority for them right now because, yeah. you know, what they do is fairly dangerous. I mean, we saw that in the last episode yeah. when, you know, they're in Caritas, but the, uh, but yeah, and so, I mean, Fred's trying to take these baby steps didn't help that, you know, when she tried to do karaoke, a <laughs> demon's head exploded on her. Aww, um baby. Yeah, so I think that finding out something for her to do with their work is bottom priority. Yeah. They're trying to help this poor girl, you know, feel comfortable in regular society mm-hmm. before taking on the creatures of the night. Uh, we get to go back to Wolfram and Hart and we get to see Lila and Gavin.
1: Oh, they should kiss.
0: (laughs) As we mentioned before, they're both extremely attractive people. I mean, Gavin's
1: such a twat, but like, (laughs) it is funny because I do feel like a lot of my affection for Gavin stems from my affection for Daniel Day Kim and not the actual character of Gavin if you had a less charming actor in the role i'd be like "Ugh, get this c minus lindsey mcdonald out of here well i mean it's like daniel day lewis is so charming i
0: mean the person that you like the person that you cast is important mm-hmm. i mean you have to think uh like uh what was it um you have to think about you know neo in the matrix mm-hmm. uh he you know you think neo you think keanu reeves yeah I mean, I would argue that apart from Bill and Ted, that's probably the thing that everybody associated with him at that time. Yeah, and probably for his career to come, except maybe John Wick. I would say now. Yeah, it's now, now be... it's John Wick, but that's after like the Keanessance and everything. Yeah, but uh, you know, they were talking about Will Smith was one of the original choices to be no. uh, Neo, and that oh wait. just
1: my brain broke. Will Smith, my, my, I don't know how I got here, but you said Will Smith and my brain said Bruce Willis. And I was like, no, absolutely terrible choice. Will Smith, maybe. I could maybe see that working.
0: The thing is, is that I think the reason that Neo works so well is because that, that movie is about kind of being reactionary Mm -hmm. to the crazy revelations in that movie. And this is just the original Matrix. We're not even talking about the (laughs) Matrix Revolutions. Um, And Will Smith, even in the movies that he has to be, you know, oh, I'm finding out about stuff for the first time, like Men in Black, he's still kind of like, I'm the guy that, I am the guy that this movie's supposed to be about. Mm -hmm. And he's just, he's honestly too big of an actor Mm -hmm. for... For a role like Neo. I can see that. I see Because yeah, this I can I'm thinking. Like I know. he's got so much bravado and swagger that when you watch him in a movie, it's not like a movie with Will Smith in it. It's a Will Smith movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For better or worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, back to Wolfram Heart. <laughs> uh yeah, so Lila and Gavin, they just they do not like each other. <laughs> And they're just laying it all out there, like, I can't stand you, and Gavin, because you know, Gavin uh, allowed Angel to get into Wolfram and Hart to mess with Lila's plans Mm -hmm. last time, and in this case, uh, Lila is getting back at him, so Angel's the one who benefits from this. Right? (laughs) Um, And yeah, it's just so funny to see them going head-to-head like this, because... A lot of times, and I've mentioned this before, when we first saw Gavin and and, uh, Lila interacting, a lot of times, Lindsay just didn't care about Lila. Mm -hmm. It's like, I've got my own thing, and you're just in the way whenever I think about you at all. Yeah. So it's really fun that both of them
1: are just... uh... I also really love that Lila's revenge on Gavin is just as mundane as what he's doing. Like, it's almost like a slap. It's like an even bigger slap in the face to be like, oh, you're going to try to get him through bureaucracy? Great. I'll just solve all of his bureaucracy (laughs) problems for him with the... Uh, with the graphic artist, a.k.a. the Forger. Mm-hmm. I love that the, I love her diplomatic attempt. The graphic artist. And then... F! Under Forger. Forger. <laughs> uh, Stephanie Romanoff. I mean, she's only got the two scenes in this episode, but... Kills it. So, here we go to the health club. And...
0: Alright. We've been talking about how thirsty, uh, Fred is for Angel... Let's talk about how thirsty Cordelia is just
1: immediately. And here's the thing. It's like, I wouldn't even, comparatively, I wouldn't even call Fred thirsty. It's like the puppy love. Yeah. Definitely. But like, Cordelia is... No, she's ready to climb those men like a ladder. Oh my God. First thing she does when she walks in is take off her jacket (laughs) to make sure that that cleavage is front and center.
0: Um, And... And yeah, and so... Here's the thing that I find very strange. Well, first off, you get one of like the uh, the big things, like the big kind of jokes associated with gyms is like how they are immediately all about getting you mm-hmm. the membership. And uh, one of my favorite like B plots in a Friends episode was Chandler trying to quit the gym that he was yeah. that he was uh jo- like that he had joined in Friends. I think one of the best lines in there is like. I hate it here. Everything you have is very heavy. (laughs) But, uh, and I love that Angel's trying to, like, ask some questions, and this guy immediately is like, how about I set you up with
1: a six-month membership? (laughs) For $350 for six months, which I did the math, is, like, $58 and some change per month. So... I've seen gyms Not the worst price I've, I've seen, ever seen. Yeah, I've seen gyms that are less expensive, I've seen gyms
0: that are more expensive. Yeah. And I feel like I feel like most of the time you get what you pay for when you go to a gym.
1: I mean, um, I went to Planet Fitness for a while and it was fine, but yeah, you get what you pay for. And then I before the pandemic, I switched to Well at Humana because it was literally right across the street from where I worked and we got a discount and it was more expensive. I think I was paying, like, $40 a month for it. But, oh, my God, the facility was so nice. Mm-hmm. It was so clean. Like, that, right? I mean, for me, the extra, like, 30 bucks I was spending was worth it for how clean that place was. I can
0: relate, but not, like, gym-wise. But, uh, you know, between AMC Theater, like, our AMC Theater mm-hmm. in Stony Brook and you know, any Cinemark theater that's Mm -hmm. in Louisville, they're all so much cleaner than AMCs. And, uh, no, I totally get that. That is worth a clean facility. No matter what you're doing Mm -hmm. is more often than not worth the price of admission. Yeah. Um, there was like a, there's like a boxing club, um, in Louisville called title, title boxing, uh, -hmm. And I went to like a free lesson. I really liked it. But then I found out that it's like a hundred dollars a month. Oof. And uh I was like, you know, this is like this is like the most fun I've had working out, but I can't afford a hundred dollars yeah. a month. That's steep. Yeah. Um sorry I just got charged something on my card. Oh. Oh, my HBO membership renewed. <laughs> Speaking okay. of money.
1: Um, <laughs> oh my God, it's $100 for that boxing
0: class. He <laughs> I mean, like, just got charged ninety nine ninety nine for title films. Like, how? How? <laughs> oh,
1: um.
0: So, yeah, the guy immediately jumps on trying to sell gym membership to Angel. And uh, Angel says, actually, I'm here to talk about the three men. And he wants information. And then he brings up steroid usage and I guess I find it strange that they would be so worried about steroid usage when, I mean, it it just kind of seems like a don't ask, don't tell sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Like, why would they care if somebody was taking steroids? Yeah. I mean, mean, are are they like, are they putting forth people into professional competitions or something? Um, that 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 seems really weird and out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, I like I see it from Angel's perspective that like he's like maybe the deaths are related to steroid usage since you know the connecting fact tissue is there at a gym. Like he's trying to find some connecting tissue here, but yeah, why would the gym care? Like yeah. they, they get their money one way or the other.
0: Yeah, unless like maybe this uh, this guy who works for the gym. Maybe like he's selling maybe, steroids. Maybe he's on the steroids and he doesn't want and maybe that's like against the the club policy. I don't know. It it all seems very strange and but hey, we 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 get to the what we get to the meat of the matter and find out that uh all three of these men, the only thing that they had in common was that they were in the same Pilates class. Mm-hmm. Angel says Pilates, is that like Tai Bo or something? And this guy gives him the uh uh-huh, uh uh-huh. Uh if you're exercising in 1999 okay well we're exercising in 2001 2001. my friend yeah although
1: it's it's wild to me to think that like someone who doesn't know what pilates is because now it's like next to yoga is like one of the most popular like kind of Forms of group exercise.
0: Well, here's the thing. I'm not too sure the specifics of Pilates. Oh. I've heard the term. I know that it is exercise, but I don't know, like, I I don't know what it is.
1: I don't either, but it's definitely... But the concept of it has entrenched itself in the pop culture in a way that Taibo hasn't.
0: Yeah, I think now CrossFit is kind of that. Yeah. Um, That's the zeitgeist exercise right now. Mm -hmm. Um, If I had to guess... And there may even be something like glurp glurp out there. Glurp glurp. (laughs) (laughs) That could be the next big thing and exercise. Um, Also, this scene uh, made me think, and also the next scene after this, there's actually some really great detective vibes in this. Yeah. very. It seems like the actual investigation part of Angel Investigations doesn't really come out especially when you're dealing with the
1: main overall story it's like, remember yeah. that time that angel hired a private investigator to <laughs> do the private investigation yeah yeah i um
0: so i like the fact that every now and again it, it reminds me of uh of in the dark night when uh bruce wayne actually does some detective mm-hmm. work and does like the analytics with like trying to see what bullet what kind of bullet makes a uh, makes the uh the bullet indentation that he finds in that one apartment, yeah. he actually is able to use that to find. um, It's a little confusing uh, <laughs> how that pays off, but it's like this nice break in the Dark Knight that you know you only have so so, so much limited screen time, and Batman's got to be Batman. But an important part of Batman is yeah. the detective work, which is why I love the Batman. Yeah, it really person. brings that yeah. to the forefront. Yeah, that is that is like the thing. It's it's a big old lovely noir tale yeah my um, mama got me that for christmas on blu-ray i have not watched my 4k of it yet would you like to watch it sometime maybe we'll yeah have to find the time yeah <laughs> it's no not I, a short it, it, It's not sure movie it's not but you know it's i wouldn't say like the pacing's as good as amadeus but the pacing's really good in it yeah but when i was done with that movie i was like okay that actually felt a lot shorter mm-hmm. um To those of you who are confused, I use Amadeus as my benchmark for how a long movie should be paced because Amadeus is three hours long. Like it's right at the three hour mark, but it never feels like three hours when I watch it. It is so well paced. Mm -hmm. And then I think most people who watch it at the end, they're like, holy crap, that was three hours Mm because it just goes by. It's like the complete opposite of the Wolf Wolf of Wall Street, which feels like is also right at the three hour mark, maybe even two hours, 59 minutes, but it is, you feel it. <laughs> like, you definitely feel every minute of that movie, um, which may be the intention of the Scorsese. Who's to say? Um, while Angel is checking out the uh, Pilates class, he does see, he, he stop first. He stops by uh, Cordelia be like, Hey, finish up your work and then like come and pick me up. Because he, while he's in the Pilates class, he sees like the f- glint of some uh, binoculars yeah. from a from a retirement home
1: across the street. Yeah. Some real rear window, real rear window shit. I wouldn't even say it's rear window because
0: James Stewart, like Jimmy Stewart's character, wasn't trying to be a he creep.
1: He was just bored. Yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, Marcus is a Korean. Yes, Marcus. Like a really bad creep. I don't like this dude. uh, Who's played by Rance Howard, the father of Ron Howard. There you go. Yeah. Grandfather of Bryce Dallas. Yeah. Huh. That's a a strong family tree there. Mm -hmm. Have you... (laughs) uh, There was uh, an interview with ron howard he was talking about he would potentially be interested in getting back to acting if it was in a film directed by bryce who is really becoming a great director yeah i don't know did
0: she did she really do any directing before her mandalorian episodes not that i know of because like you know when she started her mandalorian episodes were incredibly well
1: received yeah um but I saw some people being like, ah, Ron Howard, reverse Nepo, baby. <laughs> Lord.
0: Uh, um, yeah, and Angel says, like, oh, bring the car around and pick me up. And, and Cordelia just says, it's just a guy that I work with because she's got about five five guys who are perfectly cast as gym bros. Yes. Like, these are, these are fuckboys to the max. These are guys who not just work out of the gym but they hang out at the gym mm-hmm. like they this is where they bring their like their protein shakes to have lunch at and i'm not trying to i'm not trying to <laughs> bag on these guys no at shape. all no shape this is yeah no if that's your thing you're probably in better shape than me but it is a type <laughs>
1: And they they got really good with casting the type. And Cordy Cordia's gonna get all of their numbers. <laughs> I firmly believe that she went home with one of these guys that night. After <laughs> she left the hotel, I, I firmly believe... told you what an attractive man you are. <laughs> and you Yeah. Eat your heart out,
0: Marcus. Cordia's about to get five guys. <laughs> and not the burgers. <laughs> <laughs> um and uh so angel like goes to the goes into this retirement home goes to the uh also like i mean the fact that he's able to determine which room it is just by looking at the outside of the building i've never been able to understand how characters can do that cuz that's a uh, i don't mean, know I, I don't know i feel like you, you just got to count it, the windows <laughs> true but i feel like it's very cuz then you have to tr- like transpose that on being inside it just seems like a whole lot of do, work i
1: couldn't do it personally i like the this idea is why we're he, not investigators i like the idea that he goes like hey do you have a resident who's a real creep who loves <laughs> staring at uh, the gym gym people? oh you mean <laughs> marcus
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it, he does find an old man whose name marcus roscoe and uh he he asks, like, Marcus, oh, do you recognize these... And, again, this is what I was referring to, is, like, I like the the back and forth that the two have. Mm-hmm. Um, that, uh, oh, have you seen these men? And Marcus says, uh, no, I'm more of a girl watcher myself. Creep.
1: Yeah, that's just... This is ew. Yeah. <laughs> Although we know that that's not true. He's specifically, like, he is looking for the men to I think, scout them. Uh, I think,
0: like, as... I, I mean guess, I'm sure he's
1: looking at the ladies too but Yeah,
0: like. but uh I guess he realizes that oh, I'm either a pervert or I'm the guy who's kidnapping these men's bodies. So I'll go with pervert. Yeah, I'll go with pervert. <laughs> I can't get arrested for that to a point. Yeah. <laughs> um and uh he like Angel notices that he's got some like, weird urn and stuff, a whole bunch of, like, occultish stuff on his, uh... on, like, a shelf, and, uh, Angel... and, uh, Marcus looks at Angel and starts, like, trying to use a spell, and Angel's just kind of smiling, and I like... Here's how the Buffy Wiki, uh... phrases this. He quickly realizes that the old man is practicing some magic to sw- to switch bodies, but when the man starts to recite a body swap spell to use on Angel angel contemptuously starts to tell him it won't work dot 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 but it does
1: <laughs> it's giving me uh buffy believes that the spell doesn't affect her because she's, she's a slayer, slayer.
0: <laughs> that is a wonderful trope that i love like a recurring gag that i just love oh i must not be affected because i'm the slayer <laughs> makes that with spike uh, yes, Angel realizes that he's in the body of Marcus, Marcus and Angel's body headbutts him immediately, uh, and he leaves, he sees, uh, as he's walking on the street, um, he sees uh, Cordelia, and uh, she's like, oh, get in the car, and uh, he's, she's like, we're going back to the hotel, and he's like, oh, we're going to the hotel? <laughs> Usually I have to pay for this. Yeah, he's like immediately and he this is the first of three times that he uses his phrase, Have I ever told you you're an incredibly attractive woman? And she's like, Okay, weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> and I mentioned to Har- I mentioned this to Harrison while we were watching the episode, but I feel like in their line of work, which involves a lot of magic and coming into contact with demons and all sorts mm-hmm. of stuff. Any a boss t-
1: who's prone to evilness? Yeah,
0: a boss who can... Literally, with the, with the right knight, he can change into a completely different person. I feel like any strange changes in personality, which I would definitely consider this exchange, should, like... She just kind of shrugs that off. Everybody shrugs off all of this. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they... They barely it takes them a while to even think that Angel's gone to Angelus. Yeah. So I feel like this they should be on the lookout for
1: red flags. There are a ton of red flags. Um Cordy does mention it when they're at the Hyperion that she thinks he's acting weird because he's like deflecting uh, his conversation with Fred. And I'm like, okay, it's still a reach for me. It's that's <laughs> not enough for like uh, but I do like the idea that Cordy just thinks Angel's being a baby about not wanting to talk to Fred, <laughs> so he's acting out like a child. And I love
0: how, like, in the end, Cordelia is the one who does a lot of the explanation. I'm like, you know, I hate to side with Angel just being lazy and immature, but if you had had this conversation, poor Fred wouldn't have gotten hurt. I know.
1: I, I do agree with... I mean, it is Angel's responsibility. Mm-hmm. He should have done it. But I agree that <laughs> Corey
0: probably did a better much better yeah. job. So, uh, you know, when... So Angel gets back to the hotel with Cordelia. He doesn't know her name. Uh, all he knows is Angel's name. And uh, he's, like, ringing the bell. And uh, it's like, where's the service? Jeez, must be a slow night. And... And... Fortunately, he looks down and sees everybody's business cards. Yeah. Um, and she's like, Oh, you need to have this talk with, you need to have a talk with Fred about, like, you know, her being like, her having her, her crushing on you. Yep. And important
1: to note, though, she never uses a pronoun. Yes, yeah, she uh, just says Fred.
0: <laughs> and Angel says, Fred. Fred is think for me and immediately assumes. Let's say the things that they're too afraid to say on Angel. He assumes that Fred is that Fred is a man, and that Angel is gay.
1: He looks down at his clothes and goes, "Of course, he <laughs> 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 should have known." <laughs> oh got a oh out of man, that. Um, I'm not bothered by the gay panic jokes in this episode no, because they're yeah, all coming from this detestable person yeah
0: and it's and it's kind of the same thing when uh you know gun brings food for everybody and he just like immediately says like oh thanks bro and gives him like the oh, money and i'm like of course we can't just have like good old-fashioned gay panic we've also
1: got good old-fashioned racism too oh, God. <laughs> i do appreciate that gun's like whatever <laughs> weird. fucking weird, but I'll take the money <laughs> I think
0: at that time he was like too busy thinking about uh getting to uh getting
1: to talk with those sex workers he he was really concentrating on his strategy for his upcoming battle with Whitney um and her mill tank because it's such a beast
0: yeah I wonder where where he is you know is it weird that I've never like my original playthrough, I think I beat her on the first try, and um, well, it was a tough battle. I'm like, okay, well, I mean, at least I beat her. And then after like every other time that I went up against her, whenever I replayed it, it was uh, it, it didn't seem that
1: hard. But people talk about her like she's the hardest gym leader well, there is. If you if you know going in that she's going to be tough, and you you appropriately level up and make sure you get trade that for that, uh, Machop. Um, she's not that bad, but if you just go in blind on a first time playthrough, especially when you're a kid, she's good. Cause that, I mean that Tank is, has really high defense and knows rollout. So if you're not prepared for that,
0: I think, um, I, I think when I went in, I had, uh, Geodude. Yeah. yeah so, um, yeah, I think rollout, either did, like, standard damage or just wasn't very effective. But uh, And then, like, Geodude dude maybe had, like, a rock move, which would have been super effective against that. Yeah. So, interesting. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, when we were playing... Oh, we're such I nerds. <laughs> when we were playing... When uh, the remake of Diamond and Pearl came out, um, we got it. John got it for me last Christmas. And he was playing it, and he got to the third gym leader... Um, and that one, who is a uh, fighting type. And she's got... Her ace is a Lucario that knows drain punch. And it's holding some sort of item that makes any, like, draining type moves, like, double effective. And I John getting so frustrated. Oh, no. There's a, If like... there's a
0: Pokemon battle that you can't win, that is, like, the... That is the thing that can set off anybody. Oh my
1: god, he played it. He he did it like four times in a row and kept losing. And he finally he was like, "I just have to stop. I have to turn it off. I have to take a break for a couple days (laughs) and like come back to this." Been there because I'm getting so mad. And in fairness, I I lost that that battle once or twice as well. Like it is hard, but Mm -hmm. gosh. Anyway, uh, so
0: the next morning, uh, Angel is. Uh, basically, Angel spends the night in in uh, Wes's office. Mm. Excuse me, Marcus as Angel. For, I guess from this point on, let's just call him Marcus. Yeah, Marcus spends the night uh, looking up just info, any info that he can find. Uh, Cordelia comes in and uh, sees him like asleep on the desk, yeah. and he's like, "Oh," and she's like, "Have you had that talk yet with Fred?" And he's like, "No, just like." I just, uh, you know, was working down here, and she's like, "You didn't even go up to your room." He's like, "My room, right? Come on, Cornelia." <laughs> I mean, I get that it's all in service of the episode, but this just seems like something that you should be prepared yeah. for.
1: Um, I would buy this ignorance in season one. So they've yeah. been they've been too close for too long. So Wes comes in,
0: and. Angel just assumes that Wes is Fred and he, and he has this conversation with him that is just hilarious. I I feel like, I feel like gay panic is obviously it's a thing that's much more present in shows of this era. Oh, absolutely. Like, uh, like your friends, like your, um,
1: like this, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, we've had it on angel and Buffy yeah. occasionally. Mm hmm. But, uh, except, like, you know, I feel that
0: Spike is kind of okay with it. <laughs> like, he never has gay panic. It's just like, oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> but, um, for some reason, this this didn't seem harmful. Like, th- this didn't seem mean. But then
1: again, I am saying that as a straight person. I, but, uh, but I agree. And, I mean, and listen, your mileage may vary. There yeah. might be people yeah. out there who are like, no, this is gross and I hate it. And, like fine. like that's, that's totally your prerogative, but, I, I but do, this guy's just so detestable. He <laughs> is, but props to Marcus,
0: though. This may be the only time I say it in the episode. Props to Marcus. He does try to make this conversation no matter how genuinely he feels about it. He tries to make it a decent conversation gives him like a, a handshake and a hug and everything, and yeah,
1: he does try to let him down pretty gently. I, I know it's it's actually like <laughs> weirdly a, sensitive, such a
0: detestable man, and yet I guess it could be a little bit of maybe misogyny that he sees like a man as a like oh I care more about a man's feelings than a woman, but maybe I'm just stretching. Here.
1: No, I that it tracks. Okay. <laughs> like... We we
0: can't be we can't be good about this guy. We gotta we gotta point out that he's an asshole. Um, Gun shows up uh, with breakfast, everybody a lot of breakfast burritos and coffee, and uh, and as we mentioned, Angel like puts some money in his in his shirt pocket. He's like, oh thanks, bro, and, Oof. and he's like, uh okay. <laughs> and I really wish we could have seen like a dawning. Realization on Marcus's face when ain't, when Gunn doesn't leave, <laughs> and they're talking about the case, um, and uh, it is revealed that uh, the women that uh, the women that um, that were with these men who died uh, were at least for the last one were call girls,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, or as Courtney says, oh hookers. So yeah, um Cordy. I did write down <laughs> problematic comments on sex work. Oh,
1: so problematic. Yeah. Um it is. Yeah, I mean it's it's just another sign of the times such that like the Oh Hooker's line didn't bother me as much. The pretty skanky woman. Yeah, that's, that's, that's that when was, I wrote it down. That was I was like, that's just mean, Cordy. It it is it's in it, character. It, it... But
0: And also, it could be true. But I mean But then again, just like gay panic, that is Yeah something that unfortunately was very present in these shows and on at this time and honestly I'd say is with sex workers that's pretty much been a huge thing yeah. to this day. Um, I will say I think in the last couple of years, especially during COVID um, when, uh, cause I feel like there was like a big kind of rush to defend sex workers mm-hmm. because I think there was like a lot of legislation and stuff. And I think sex workers were going to OnlyFans mm-hmm. and, uh, people were like, you know, shaming OnlyFans and stuff like that. And, uh, I saw like, and you know, maybe that's kind of when I became aware of it too, that Hey, you know, sex work is a legitimate, it's a legitimate profession. Yeah. It's the world's oldest profession (laughs) that
1: some people will say. I think, I I do think, yeah, I think the, the rise of OnlyFans and and other sites like it have made, like, weirdly made sex work, one, more available to people, like, and I don't mean like the consumer, I mean like the people who are putting that content out there, and um, and so that's kind of honestly it probably people, makes like, things safer too. Oh, absolutely. I I was gonna because that's something I was gonna say. It's like it's much safer. Not it's there. It's not without its own drawbacks, but it is much safer than you know your traditional escort style sex work. Um, and but I think it's kind of triggered in people's minds like, oh, I know someone who does that, and I don't think they're a you know. Quote, Dirty whore or whatever. Um, obviously, the sentiment is still out there and still prevalent. But yes, I do think we're at a turning point. Mm-hmm. I am so grateful, quite frankly, that we don't have a scene of Cordelia interviewing these women because I cannot imagine that would have been tasteful.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's actually kind of present that we. It's actually kind of nice that we've got like you know the the fuck boys at the gym. But we don't have the uh, yeah. Donna, the call girls. Yeah. I, I like that. Um, so, during this discussion, a lot of people were uh, a little a little uh, perplexed that Angel was eating breakfast burritos. This leads me to think. Marcus still hasn't uh, realized that Angel's a vampire. First of all, he's really lucky they didn't just walk out in I the daylight. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> um, but also... You know, Angel, we always assume that like Angel can't really taste anything, with maybe the exception of coffee. Um, but he also, um, but because, like, you know, when he, uh, when he's alive again, in um, oh my gosh, why am I blanking on it? It's one of my favorite episodes of Angel. I will remember you,
1: I will remember you, yes. <laughs> uh, except for your title. I'm embarrassed. <laughs> no one no need to be. Embarrassed. Uh,
0: but no, he freaks out because he like he can eat chocolate and he loves chocolate yeah. and he like is eating all the ice cream while he's having
1: sex with Buffy. And not gonna lie, it sounds wonderful. <laughs> but it's. But, I, I think this is something. Unfortunately, we just have to chalk up to it's really inconsistent. It is because because we Spike loves the bloomin' onion thing at, true. at the at the so. But the fact that they made
0: it so that everyone was surprised that he was eating... Yeah. Like, that kind of makes it a little more problematic than just a random throwaway comment like, I love that Bloomin' Onion thing.
1: Yeah, no, I... You're... It's used as a, uh, another indication that... But it doesn't work because, like, Cordy brought in donuts one time and he ate one. Like... I, so, I mean, I can, I can... I think we can assume he doesn't eat traditional food frequently but there's nothing to suggest no it's not I was not it's not even that there's nothing to suggest he can't there's evidence that's, that tells us that he can and occasionally does so I think the answer is inconsistent writing yeah on this front
0: um uh, this is his first this
1: is this guy's first writing credit yeah maybe maybe they're not shocked that he's eating even though they Say why are you eating? Maybe the shakti is eating a burrito. Maybe Angel Maybe. doesn't like burritos. Oh man, I could go for a burrito right it now. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh,
0: by the way, like uh, while while Angel while Marcus was looking for through stuff through Wes's office, um, Angel and Marcus's body does try to call the hotel, and uh, you know Marcus is the one who picks up and is like, "Oh hey buddy." Yeah, uh, have fun with uh, Ryan and uh, then like destroys the message tape that uh, the original call went to Um, uh, Marcus realizes that Fred is a woman and he tells her that he's going to invite her for a night out on the town and uh, so Fred gets really excited about that. Uh, in a very old man way, Marcus says, now why don't you go put on something nice? Uh, yeah. Um, while she goes away, who do we have come in?
1: Fred! Lila! <laughs> <laughs> I <just> ruined it. <laughs> Lila! Lila Sexy Morgan!
0: Yeah, and uh, she's she basically just being like very petty against Gavin's like, by the way... I, Here's all your, like, documents that you'll need for anything Gavin throws at you.
1: Earthquake insurance. I like the, I love this, I love the pettiness of this. I also kind of, I love the practicality of it, too, from, like, a behind-the-scenes perspective of, like, okay, like, yes, this is, you know, the idea of this, uh, of Gavin's plan is a good one in, like, practicality. But in terms of, it's such a lawyerly,
0: yeah, it's such a loyally thing to do. Yeah, but you
1: can only run it so long. Exactly. I just, I know, if this were a legal drama, then sure. Mm-hmm. But we're not on a legal drama, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, so I like I like that the, it's this also is a bit of the writers just going like, all right, Gavin neutralized. <laughs> so uh, of course. Marcus, being the horny old
0: man that he is, pours some more martinis and says, I ever told you what a what an attractive woman you are. And I love this because Um he says, like, don't tell me you haven't thought about it. And I and I immediately said, like, oh, she has. <laughs> Even though, remember, guys, the last time that Angel saw. Lila, he threatened to kill her especially if she came at anybody on Angel Investigations mm-hmm. and he just and, but Marcus merely just like kisses her and Lila pulls away and then just goes to town mm-hmm. rips open his shirt, like wastes no time ripping no time. open his shirt honestly I was surprised he had the undershirt on <laughs> this would have been a perfect opportunity to just like throw out the Dave chest
1: I listen. What Marcus is doing is not a. Throw okay. out the
0: David Borian abs. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, <laughs> write that down. Write that down. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> David Borian abs. <laughs> Have we ever
1: made a David Borian ass like, pun? I think we. Ways. I think you spend too much time with the nipples. That's true. I, re- I really do focus on his nipples a lot, which is funny because I really like butts. Anyway. Um, I'm also a butt man, but. But man, butts. unite.
0: What up? <laughs> Uh,
1: we're not going to tell you what just got slapped (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh Um, so Marcus's actions here despicable you know this is sexual assault by deception all of that I don't want to like gloss over that with that being said just outside of the story David Boreanaz and Stephanie Romanov are two of the hottest people on the planet, and I like watching their lips touch each other.
0: No, yeah, like, it It went from zero to ten real quick. Real quick. It was hot. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I hate saying that about, like, you know, the
1: deception and everything. Yeah, we can acknowledge that these actors and the actions that they're doing are hot. And that the this man is despicable and shouldn't be doing this. This can live in our... Both of these can be true and live in our mm-hmm. heads because we are evolved humans.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it took you a while to pull
0: the word humans out. <laughs> Still thinking about butts. So, we are evolved butts.
1: <laughs> uh, but then something sad cool. happens.
0: Yeah. So while the... Um, on Wesley's desk while they're just going at each other uh, Fred comes down she's in a really pretty dress So cute and yes uh, yeah, she Yeah, she's got her hair done it. and everything
1: uh, I think she just kind of let it down cuz she didn't really have time to Yeah it's not like elaborately styled or anything but it's like it, it usually her hair's up in like just kind of a messy ponytail yeah. sort of situation. So she's let it down I presume run a comb through it mm-hmm.
0: she looks great Oh yeah well I mean It's Amy Acker. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's so funny just, like, thinking of all that. Again, I'm going back to Amy Acker's range here, but thinking of all the characters that she plays in all these different shows, Mm -hmm. and yet she always... I'm basically just restating this, but she just... You immediately see her, and she seems so young and just so broken by this Mm because she walks in and sees... uh, marcus and lila going at it yeah and uh so you know she runs away and uh, this uh this necking uh, <laughs> gets, uh triggers um the vamp out on uh on marcus and he bites her neck and that kind of throws lila out of the hole like what the hell yeah no and then like leaves And, uh, yeah, and she does like threaten him and, uh, you know, Marcus is confused and he like puts his hand on his head as one, as a confused man off does, feels the bumps, feels the ridges, puts his hand in his mouth, feels the teeth and he's like, what the hell? Um, looks like he pokes a hole Uh in his, in his thumb and like, you know, drinks the one huh, pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, I guess it's like the, uh, the vampire equivalent of some people liking the smell of their own farts or something. <laughs> Interesting.
1: Uh, have you never heard that? I No, I have heard that. I just It just wasn't the, wasn't the comparison I went to immediately. W- w- what comparison would you use? I, I didn't. I didn't have one. <laughs> I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that's not what I expected. Um,
0: it, he's, he wants to know what's going on, looks in a mirror, and of course sees nothing. Yep. Always a great effect. I love it. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, like, you know, well, after his uh, phone call fails because uh, the orderly Ryan at the uh, at the retirement home says, like, oh, you know, you've been getting out of bed, like, all these times. You lose your phone privileges, and, uh, you know, you keep pretending that you're, like, this skateboarder or this bodybuilder or whatever, so... I think we all pretty much know that those other people were Marcus. Those
1: poor guys. Their last, like, couple days presumably live their lives. They're forced into another body against their will. They're not believed. And once they get back to their own body, they melt. Yeah. They just become a...
0: They collapse like a bunch of broccoli. (laughs) That's such a good movie. Um, Yeah, and, you know... Despite Marcus being an absolutely terrible person, uh does it what's the name of the other guy who is there?
1: Um, Jackson? Sure. He seems like a sweetheart. Or Woody
0: No, Woody's the guy that uh that melts. <laughs> oh come on, Buffy Wiki, help me out here. Gimme a picture. Yeah, it's Jackson. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Jackson seems like this really, like, sweet old man, and he, like, you know, even wants to, like, let, uh, Angel in Marcus's body, like, hold his, hold his granddaughter. So, I guess, like, I guess, in spite of all evidence to the contrary, Marcus does a pretty decent job of hiding how much of a shit he is Mm -hmm. from everybody else, uh, except, you know, the orderlies. Um, but yeah, and... Basically, in Marcus's body, Angel's just trying to figure out a way to get out of the retirement home. Um,
1: Which is so funny, because it's such a mundane, like... It really is, because he, like, he doesn't... He isn't able to do anything. (laughs) Um,
0: And, uh, so... Yeah, so his plan is to pull the fire alarm Mm -hmm. and, uh, to distract the guard so he can make his way out. He pulls the fire alarm... But it causes so much excitement that it gives Marcus, Angel and Marcus's body, a heart attack. Apparently his fourth. Jesus. And, uh, can't really escape when you're having a heart attack. Right. Kind of um, stuck there. Yeah. He wakes up in, like, uh, in his room. And, uh, I do like the little, like, line that they threw in when, uh, Angel and Marcus's body, like, thinks about his heart. as like, oh, it's beating. Mm-hmm. And, uh kind of a throwback to i will remember you how buffy's favorite thing about angel being alive was the sound of his heart beating Mm -hmm. so it's nice uh but yeah they say you can't really uh can't really do this anymore like next heart attack might be the one that the one that kills you
1: oh you know what that's so interesting though i hadn't really thought about this is they say this is his fourth heart attack this is also his fourth Oh, yeah, like, yeah,
0: yeah, this is his fourth body swap, yeah. so pretty sure that, like, the body swaps are what are causing the
1: heart attack, yeah. even though they don't explicitly say it. Yeah, I think that's... That seems accurate to me. But, uh... Marcus uh,
0: goes into Angel's body and puts on... Marcus, while in Angel's body, puts on the worst shirt ever. <laughs> like, it's got frilly... Yeah. Like, it, it's frills, but just, like, in the center... It really does feel like he's about to be on the cover of an adult novel that's like <laughs> three dollars at Walgreens. Yeah, the the shirt, the color is nice. Well, that well, like, the, the the dark purple, like. Almost any shade of purple looks good on Angel. Yeah.
1: But yeah, those frills are bad. Yeah. Um, that's why,
0: like, when I didn't notice them when he first walked into the club because it was dark. But then when he's in the retirement home, that's when I noticed am Like, mm-hmm. oh my God, this is horrible. Yeah. He's got his leather pants on, though. Does he have a leather pants uh-huh. on in that? Okay. Yep. You? That means he's evil. <laughs> that means he's <laughs> not Angel. Um, so. And, you know, now at this point, Marcus has done some research and he knows that he's a vampire. And, uh, and he's fucking all... stoked. Yeah. Well, I mean, he gets to be young forever. Um, he he decides to be Mr. Steel Your Girl at the club and uh, basically like just starts, uh, takes this girl outside, starts making out with her and, you know, her boyfriend and his friends show up. And first, you know, the girl's totally into it. But then
1: uh She's like it's so hot if my boyfriend catches us Oh, like, okay, yeah lady.
0: but then you know then when her life's in danger that's when you know that loses the yeah loses that nice little sheen uh yeah and uh you know all of the guys come at Marcus but Marcus having the body of a vampire is able to take care of them quite handily and then it's like there's something I gotta do first and then just jumps off of like uh jumps off of like what i assume is just a high level place onto like a lower street level yeah uh it's kind of hard to describe because we really don't have that in Louisville that much yeah. it's, it's all in chicago like i remember i still remember the first time i drove in chicago that confused the hell out of me <laughs> i was like wait a minute is this the street that i'm supposed to be on it says so on the map <laughs> um but uh so when he realizes that his body isn't going to burn out he's like oh now I know that I can just get rid of my old body and goes to the retirement home and pretends to be Marcus's father
1: son yep you're right, <laughs> you're right thank you um, I'm his dad it's a <laughs> Benjamin Button situation <laughs>
0: well I mean Fred does make the uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald reference at the end of the episode I originally thought that she was talking about Benjamin Button but I think she's more directly referencing great Gatsby
1: yeah As up until that movie came out Gatsby was definitely the more well known mm-hmm. Benjamin Button was a lot more obscure so then
0: then we get the most annoying scene in the episode
1: for me is it Marcus's or Angel Marcus's friendship monologue no not that. Uh, Um, although that's, that's a little like
0: silly. Oh, it's the fact that, um, you know, Cordelia, Cordelia comes in, she hears Fred crying in the elevator. Fred fills her in. Um, we do get like the fun line later that, uh, and she's like, you know, it's just so unlike Angel. And, uh, she's like, "I, I don't know. Like, I mean, I could totally see him just like finding a blonde and making out with her and like, uh. Like that blonde witch or whatever, and uh, and Fred says like, "No, it's a brunette witch." And he's like, "This is out of character for him." <laughs> but it's the fact that through very loose evidence, Wes just makes the mm-hmm. jump to, "Oh, it's a body swap." It's kind of like, okay, we need to get, we need to wrap this episode up quick.
1: Yeah, I don't mind the. I don't mind that that we get to the, it's not Angelus, because why would he be researching vampires? Like, no, that, that works for me. Yeah, that but does. the rest of it is like, whoa, that was, that was quick. Yeah, when, <laughs> like, yeah,
0: when, when Wes is like, oh, not, like, not, like, you think he's been infected by something, like, what's in him? It's like, it's not what's in him, it's who's in him. I'm like, really, Wes? <laughs> okay. I know you're
1: smart, but.
0: Yeah, um. And then, uh, you know, Cordelia then remembers, like, oh, you know, Angel and I were together the whole time we were at the health club, you know, except for when he went to that retirement home. And, uh, you know, Marcus is about to kill Angel. Angel, uh, says, like, oh, you know what you didn't have? Friends. (laughs) Four of them right behind you. And all four of Angel Investigation are behind him.
1: With heavy objects.
0: Yes, uh. Well, Gunn has the crossbow. Yeah. Um, the, like, gauntlet. Yeah. Crossbow. And, yeah, that we saw in the last episode. And, you know, Angel does say, like, don't stake him. Makes sense. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I'd like that back, please. Yeah. So Cordelia, Wesley, and, uh, G- uh Cordelia, Wesley, and Fred proceed. She and, got included. Yeah. Proceed to beat uh, Angel's body down with uh, baseball bats. Uh-huh.
1: Makes sense. And then Cordy tases him.
0: Yes. And she loves technology. And Uh, then Fred makes sure to get
1: one last hit in. Yeah. Fred, (laughs) I'm going to need that.
0: Fred, come on. Um, Can't blame um, her. Yeah. Uh, Wes realizes what the spell is. Um, He's like, oh, is there an orb? Like, oh, of course it's this Algarian conjuring body swap. And uh, they are able to swap back. And Angel. smashes the orb so that you know marcus can't do it again Mm -hmm. and uh you know they all decide to leave leaving marcus in the room and he's just like oh you're all
1: pathetic you're all pathetic and then starts having another heart attack oh if they were pathetic how could they look so cool walking down this hallway in a (laughs) in a badass v formation which i think is i
0: think is a credits it is yeah i always
1: sucks because he's wearing that terrible shirt i know but i i love whenever we get because every season, or every opening credit, ends with some sort of badass, like, group shot. And I'm yeah. always so excited when, no, like, great. it shows up for the first time. I'm like, yeah.
0: So, all this is done. Um, yeah, and they just kind of leave Marcus to have his it's heart attack. To die! Yeah. <laughs> they no. don't even say that he's having a heart attack to the orderlies. They're just like, uh, you know, he's having a rough night. Pop's having a rough night. Whatever. So Angel finally has the talk with Fred. Um, even though Cordelia's pretty much explained the whole story and, uh, Fred's like, oh, you know, you, you got the curse and everything and no, you're, you're fond of me, but that's about as far as it goes. And, uh, this is interesting, um, that, uh, the Buffy wiki says that she talks poignantly about the beauty and the pain involved in loving, but she is interrupted as Cordelia rushes over to tell Angel the good news. That Buffy is alive. What? We we talked about this. We can do events from previous <laughs> episodes. And um, so Angel just immediately runs to the phone, and Fred's just kind of like, Buffy. <laughs> the fuck kind of name is that, <laughs> bro? We have a bitch.
1: Um. Yeah. Carpe Nocturne.
0: Yeah, and that's that's it, guys. Um, it's fine. It is. It is just fine. Um, uh, yeah, I'd have to say that pretty much kind of what I said throughout. That yeah, it's a body swap episode. It's um, it has the weakness that you pointed out that it's a body swap between a random guest star yeah. and uh, and a main character instead of just two main characters. So I. Uh, it, it it does, like, not have that character building. All we really get is kind of this brief romance that... This one-sided romance... Yeah. ...for Fred, uh, which she then pretty much kind of gets
1: over. Yeah. Um, And I'm glad we
0: put that to bed. It was yeah. cute, but it... it, uh, it this it, is a good time for yeah, it to it, end. It, that is something that, if it lasted longer than an episode, it would feel drawn out uh-huh. and... Just a waste of time. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I think that there's some really funny moments in here, uh, which doesn't make this like episode a total like bust, but um, it does just kind of seem like a and you know there's some hot stuff in here too, uh, but it just it's not a strong episode in any way. Like yeah. it really doesn't move the plot of anything forward. Um, you know, we're still waiting for for Darla to show mm-hmm. up, um, and. Uh, yeah, so I think I'll give it. Uh,
1: how about uh, two fake permits out of five? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. It's it's funny. It's uh, I, I think the best thing about this episode is the development for Fred. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I really feel like that's where this episode's main strength lies. Um, but yeah, otherwise, you could pretty much skip it, um, and not miss anything other than Angel learning the Buffy's alive, which Mm -hmm. is significant, but, um, but clearly not something we're going to deal with in this episode. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, I'm going to give it, um, yeah, two elegant evening dresses, out of five
0: nice
1: all right all right well sir why don't you take us out yeah thank you for joining us on booze and buffy we will be back next week with buffy season six episode four flooded oh
0: i'm jason you can find me on instagram at j 357
1: and i'm harrison you can find me on instagram at harrison alexander kaufman and on twitter at harrison kaufman. that's c-o-f-f-m-a-n
0: you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. Email us anything, guys. Mm-hmm. We're, we're always happy to get emails about, like, you know, uh, we've had emails about uh, people um, wondering, like, oh, what do you think about this episode? Or when are you going to get to this? and uh, Or did you notice this? And those are
1: always fun. Yeah. Um, uh, also, don't forget to smash that subscribe button below. <laughs> That's so stupid. I'm sorry. Uh, and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Smash the like button. Um, uh, ratings and reviews are just very helpful to uh, help us find more listeners. Yeah. And listeners like you. This is <laughs> and we get, We really appreciate the support from
0: viewers like you. <laughs> Each week, we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week, we're highlighting Woodwell Climate Research Center. Woodwell Climate Research Center conducts science for solutions at the nexus of climate, people, and nature. Solutions that are urgently needed to propel us toward a more equitable, healthy, and sustainable world. Originally founded as the Woods Hole Research Center in 1985. Come on, man. No. They have a track record of partnering with a global network of communities and leaders for just meaningful impact to address the climate crisis. Visit www.woodwellclimate.org for more information.
1: And as always, go slay. And be gay. Goodbye. We love you guys.